0: Up with E and Rod P brought to you by Bud Light on the horn
1: Was oh, that the new one, Ty? Yeah. Uh, Ty has put the uh, new Black Crow or Black Crow, Black Puma song into the uh, rotation. We like that. That's coming out. That's out now. New single off their new album. Love the Black Pumas. The Talk new music. album's out, too? Not until October. Oh, October. Late, late October. We need to get on that.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be a big October then. It is. Got, I got a baby coming in October. Texas OU.
1: Yeah. New Black Pumas. New Black Pumas. I like that. Yeah. It's good Also, side. we had talked some music last hour, and uh, the new Zach Bryan album is out, and it's uh, setting records. I also saw where Zach Bryan has announced a stadium tour for next year. And it's pretty darn cool. I mean, Zach Bryan is on such a heater right now in the music industry. Yeah, you got to take advantage of so him. He, he, so figure this. He's, he is so popular. And a new album is out. He's doing a stadium tour next year. And he's taking some heavy hitters with him on the road. Like the, the, the Turnpike Troubadours are going to open up for him. Yeah, what? what? Uh, That's Jason crazy. Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit are going to open up for him on some shows. At, Damn. You know, one of them, including a Cowboy Stadium this up at AT&T a, Stadium. It's going to be a well, mega tour, then. Well, I mean, guys like Jason Isbell and Turnpike, they fill up arenas. They all don't fill all. up stadiums. On their own, they don't fill up stadiums. Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Okay, like they, you know, if Jason Isbell comes, the Moody Center will be packed, right? If he does, he normally plays ACL at the Moody Theater, uh, but could he likes to play the smaller ones? But you know, Turnpike and those guys, they can play; they'll they'll fill. But but arenas like stadiums, like AT and T Stadium, yeah, uh, that is reserved for the Rolling Stones and Taylor Swift and you know huge concerts, and that's kind of what Zach Bryan's becoming, which is pretty cool. And those those artists aren't dumb. I mean, yeah, well, I'll go play in front of a hundred thousand when we know it's going to be packed mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll get our full bill. I mean, it was like last night with, uh, you know, that I went to the Moody Center to see Lionel Richie and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and, Fire. Mm-hmm. and they both did a full set, which was cool. Like, it wasn't like one got an hour and one got three hours. The Earth, Wind, and Fire played from 7 there. Because I told you earlier, they st- the first note was at 730. You know, they said it was starting at 730. Earth, Wind, and Fire said, <laughs> we are going. And uh, they got their full hour and a half, and then Lionel Richie did his full almost two hours till 11 o'clock. Yeah, uh, that's a when, great show. When your
2: audience is that old, you got to start on time. When your audience is or, young, like when they like ties age, you can start 45 minutes, late hour, it's all good. When your audience is like 60s or 60s and 70s, you're like, you better start on time. <laughs> but I th- That's right. But,
1: and they're old. And they're yeah, old. Exactly. I like, okay. Well, and I also think it's smart for, for Zach Bryan saying, look, I mean, there's a lot of Jason Isbell fans that probably don't know me. So if they come to see Jason Isbell mm-hmm. at a full set at Turnpike, yep. and then they're going to stay for my show, I got new fans. Uh, and that's that's smart because uh, he's uh, he's a comet right now oh. in the country music scene, um, but that's pretty cool. And then that's not just those two; there's a bunch of big big acts, and it sounds like it's going to be double bill essentially, where both like last night, both both the acts mm-hmm. get a or full like Tom, yeah.
0: It's so crazy for me because with Zach Ryan, I like when I was in college, early college, I found him. When he was doing YouTube, doing YouTube videos. Well, that's and the
1: story of Zach Ryan, right? He came out of the, the military, and he had written a bunch of songs while he was serving. In the military, yeah. And he had written, and he would, he had a YouTube channel where he would just sit around a campfire and N- sing
0: with a guitar. Not the highest quality, it's just like him on his phone recording himself. And, and it was awesome. Fire. And it took mm-hmm. off.
1: Hmm. And now here
0: he is with stadiums. I mean, those are great stories. And it's technology. one of those where my friends are like, thank you. I, I remember when you showed me him back. It's then. the American it like, dream, know? You, 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 you were ahead of time. So yeah. Well, it's he's he's about my music taste. That's <laughs> g- no, you know, you're,
2: no, people are thankful. I, I always thank E for introducing me to the Black Pumas. You're thankful to somebody that expands your horizons with art in that way, whether it be art of a great TV show, great, you know, because it brings you joy. Something Definitely. that brought you joy. Somebody else suggested for you. That matters.
0: Yeah, and it brings and it personally it brings me joy. Yeah. showing someone else something and them liking it.
2: That's the beauty of that's that's the beauty of music, man. That's the beauty of music and art in its it is. in its form it's art, right? <laughs> in many exactly. many forms.
1: Well, and it's cool because Zach Bryan has has taken his humble beginnings and he's become a big star now. Uh, but he still is giving back. Like, the, you know, I don't say he's giving back to have Turnpike Troubadours open for him, but I think it's smart business. But on his new album, as I said, he's got a bunch of duets that he does. And some of them are with people mm-hmm. you really haven't heard of yet yep. that are getting their name out there because his album's going to sell all these copies. And, you know, the guy from War and Treaty is on that. Uh, they're a great band out of Nashville, Husband Wife Group. And, uh, now, he does one with Casey Musgraves, which is really good, too. Oh, yeah, that's
2: I heard people love that one, that that's track a, on there. Yeah. I've heard people talking
1: about it. The one with the Lumineers is my favorite. Lumineers. Yeah, yeah. no, it's big. Uh, cool stuff. All right, uh, enough music. Let's talk some football. One thing I wanted to say, Rod, about uh, a little bit of an e-blast before we talk some college football. I played you that sound with Christian Jones. Yes. He, oh, and, man, talked, and you, And you gave us the stat, and he said, you know, I thought it was a very poignant thing to say that, you know, sure, we can put pressure on ourselves and say we have to win the Big 12 championship. Or, mm-hmm. as he said in my final season, I can just enjoy every moment. Enjoy, brother. Do my job. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do, if, if everybody does that, we're going to be fine. Well, uh, you also pointed out something I didn't know. I guess I, I knew it and then forgot it. That Christian Jones, coming out of Houston and the Cypress area, mm-hmm. didn't. He, he was 215 pounds as a freshman in high school and was a soccer player.
2: He was 6'3", 215 his freshman year at Houston Cy, Cy Woods. Cy Woods, yep.
1: Yeah. Which – having gone to Cypress Creek. I don't even know where that school is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they
1: got, now they got a bunch of sides. They are like don't one, know it's
2: at. one or two sides back in the day. Now they got like eight of them. I so went to I'm school when
1: it was Cypress Creek and Cypress Fair. And I was it. It,
2: We played Cypress Creek when I was there, and that was like the only, them in Cy Fair were the only side schools, not mm-hmm. are like Cy, except yeah. a bunch of them.
1: And uh, I grew up, you know, growing up running around riding bikes at Cypress Creek, on Cypress Creek, <laughs> 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 in Cypress Creek. Before that built, like housing and subdivisions And yeah, compact computer and <laughs> highways and everything that's come since then. But yes, there is an actual Cypress Creek. But um uh, which has spawned all the other Cypress schools, uh, but uh, Rod. So there he is. He's playing soccer. He takes up football. Mm-hmm. And and my my e blast point is going to be this: that when he got to Texas, he was so raw. Yet, he was playing early at Texas, which to me, if you want a symptom or an example or an illustration of what's been wrong with Texas, and I've heard your guy Jeff Howe over at Horns Twenty Four Seven document this so many times, they were having to bring in offensive linemen who weren't ready to play. Mm. Weren't strong enough to play yeah. and had to get on the field. And, and I remember when Christian Jones was a young player, and you're like, what's he doing out there? That guy has no chance. There was, a, you know what I mean? The, to, to the point that, and yeah, they had to play freshman last year, and that's still, and so it's an ongoing problem. But it does feel mm-hmm. like for me, if you're looking, and there's a number of reasons for optimism for Texas as a program, to me, that's one of the strongest is that they're starting to develop the offensive line to where guys can come in and they can be projects. They can, you know, develop for a few years, get in the weight room, learn before you have to put them on the field to take the baptism by fire. That's never good for a program, Rob, when guys like Christian Jones are Mm -hmm. playing early snaps when they're not ready to play.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who at this point in his career, now that he is the uh, most tenured member of that offensive line and the most experienced member of the offensive line, this is only his seventh year playing offensive line and only his eighth year playing football. And he's a. What, what is he gonna be a fifth-year senior this year. Or he's whatever, a four,
1: four-time Letterman, red-shirted his first year. Exactly. <laughs> but, so I mean, so th-
2: think about it. He, he's been playing organized football on the offensive line for seven years, and as he just mentioned, he started for Texas two years ago in the midst of this developmental track where he should have been just a project. He had only played offensive line at that point for like four years. Yeah. And he had he'd even gotten used. He'd only been three hundred pounds, guys, for like three years. Yeah, he was two fifteen when he was a freshman in high school. He probably got to the three hundred what junior year maybe? Yeah. So he had been three hundred something pounds at that point for four years. He didn't even know how to carry his own weight. Well, and
1: you know, Sark (laughs) Sark was not outside of it. He put Christian Jones on the field that when they went to Arkansas. And he, that's when he had a terrible game there. He did. Uh, but that you pointed out to me that that's when Sark couldn't even have a spring game because they didn't have any offensive linemen. Yeah, they didn't. Remember, he, he
2: came in. He, he was complaining that Tom Herman had recruited so many wide receivers but not enough offensive linemen. Yeah, line.
1: looking at the roster, why do you have so many <laughs> slow wide receivers and <laughs> not enough offensive linemen? we got to flip this. Yep. And then you look at the depth chart now, and, again, it's not saying it's all fixed, but it's on its way to getting fixed. Oh, yeah. And this year with five returning offensive linemen – Three guys in the rotation who have played, uh, and as we said yesterday, there's a there's a you know outside of Christian Jones, the other four starters could be back next year, yes, I mean, because can. Kelvin Banks has have to come back and play a junior season. Uh, all the others will still have eligibility, and they be, they're being pushed from behind, and that's a huge credit to Kyle Flood, the Pancake Factory, uh, Steve Sarkeesian. They've made it a priority. And it's flipping. I mean, because uh, you you you've got that 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 class of beef that came in with Kelvin Banks and DJ uh, DJ oh, yeah. Campbell and that group.
2: That was the but, highest rated offensive line haul in recruiting in the last five years. The only schools that were also in the top five were Bama and Georgia. Well, and think about this <laughs> in terms of offensive line hauls. And,
1: and maybe they all stay, or maybe they don't. But this year, as freshmen, they brought in Andre Kojo out mm-hmm. of Mansfield Timberview, six six three fifty five. Um, Jaden Chapman, who's come in from Harker Heights, he was on our All Flex team last year. Uh, Six four three zero eight. Trevor Goosby out of uh, Melissa, Texas. I mean, these are all guys who Peyton Kirkland, the big kid out of Orlando, Umel Florida. Zulu. Umel Zulu, was Zulu is there. He's a redshirt freshman. I'm just talking about this freshman class. Oh, he's talking class. about the class. Yeah. yeah. Well, guess what? You're, you're not going to need them to play for three years. You know what I mean? Now, if they if they perform and they can, then you do. But they, you don't need them this year or next year uh, to to play. Arguably. Which is exactly, well, then Peyton Kirkland steps in as a, you know, he probably red shirts this year. He's 6'6", 350. Love the mountain of a guy. But, you know, next year he competes for some snaps, and the next year he probably walks in as a starting player. That's what, if you want to ask what Georgia does to reload and, and they they're, they stay as good as they were, if Alabama reloads when they lose guys to the draft, you know, that's how you do it, Rod. you got guys ready to play who have developed properly in your system and aren't forced onto the field to get overwhelmed when they're not ready to play.
2: Yeah, and the truth is, you know, all the things that, you know, you're mentioning and that we brought up even yesterday, that this is the first time since at least 1993 that you return all five of your, your starting offensive linemen from the previous season. Even Kyle Flood remarked that was rare for him, that he can't remember a time returning all five stars. My man Jeff Howe went deep into a great stat, and he said there have only been five times since 1992, Where Texas started every, all the same offensive linemen in every game. All right, talking about just the, the season for basically to start of season to the season's end, you start at the same group of five offensive linemen the entire season. See, that's only happened five times yeah. since 1992. So you're talking about an unprecedented amount of con- a, a level of continuity on this offensive line that we haven't seen in you know close to 30 some years potentially on the 40 acres. Last time we had this time of continuity potentially, E. Hogan was partying on East Riverside, that's right. All right in the party house, Love in some, the Square, baby, with somebody's. Texas offensive line. and so I'm expecting this group really to to be able to dominate at, at times on the line of scrimmage, to really be able to impose their reel and reset the lines of scrimmage uh, because, like I said, we just haven't had this much continuity, this much continuity, this much talent, and this much consistency with the same group in close to, like I don't know, 25 Right. 30, 25 years or so?
1: Yeah. Been a a long time. It was 30 years since I've been partying on East Riverside in in, in the four-bedroom apartment. Uh, But, yes, and that's – but it's been a priority, and it really is, if you want to ask what's going to flip this, sure, quarterback is one thing. But, look, Georgia has won two national championships with Stetson Bennett, right? I mean, because Mm -hmm. their lines of scrimmage are so dominant. Uh, and they're 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 so physical on defense. I mean, that's what has separated them. And again, the Longhorns are not there yet, but they're getting there. And that would be my excitement: is you got really good players at the top end, but you also have this young class that's going to get to develop properly, not be forced onto the football field as in years past. Hey, did uh, you know
2: Brooks Kiesnick Junior. is on the roster?
1: Yes, I did not know that. Yeah, Brooks Kiesnick Junior.
2: <laughs> Shout out to Brooks Kiesnick Junior. Brooksy K, K,
1: yeah, Brooksie. he's. Uh, uh, so Keish, his uh, his <laughs> son is that. an offensive lineman himself, but he's, yeah. uh, he's, light, he's of a course. he's a preferred a, walk on yeah. out of Alamo Heights. I just didn't
2: even know he was on the roster until you just kind of went down it there. And I, I was like, oh, okay. Well, What's you Keish also have,
1: you know? have uh, Coach Sarkeesian's son. Oh, he's a linebacker. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, Sark's got his kid on there yeah, too. Huh? He's on
1: the he's on the roster. Ain't
2: nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So uh, he he didn't I, cut I, him like Doug Peterson. Like cut Doug his Peterson did, had to cut his son today. You know, they get you a lot of respect in locker room though. He was like, hey, he cut his son. He's like, yeah, good. Because he, he, you know, you you don't want that
1: nepotism to seep in there. That was one of Rod's off the record comment. Yeah, Doug Peterson (laughs) cut his kid. See ya. He had to. Sometimes you have to. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Hey, can we, uh, real quick, because uh, during our our horn top 20 countdown (laughs) conversation, we had the uh, live music update, the set list ATX. Uh, But wanted to give a quick mention to the third ranked team in our our countdown. And we'll do a much deeper dive here in a little bit, and I'll tell you why. But first, let's hit number three. Uh oh. We've gotten to know this song quite a bit in the last decade or so.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, we've heard it a lot in the last ten years.
1: Dun 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 dun. Roll tide, duh. Roll.
2: I don't actually like I don't like the fight song that much though. It's
1: not a great fight song. I feel like have
0: Dixieland Have I ever told
1: you That's my real. roll Tide? <laughs> nice. Have I ever told you Rod my Roll Tide duh story? No. So there was a time, um, gosh, what was the year where we we Quan Cosby by the way Quan Cosby just texted me and said hey I was at the concert last night wasn't it great yeah he was at the
2: oh he was there the, the too Lionel Richie concert age range a little younger there dude.
1: yeah so we did a great thing um, we had Captain Jim at the time so we knew we we had, we knew a rich guy with a private plane Rod. Ooh. So we decided it'd be cool Those to do... Those are the do. best rich guys. Those are the best rich guys. Captain Jim. <laughs> I think he lives in Puerto Rico now trying to, to pay less taxes or something. Smart man. That's <laughs> why he's rich. That's why he's rich. <laughs> that's why he's rich. <laughs> why he's rich. <laughs> why he's rich. <laughs> so we came up with this plan. Uh, our friend Ashley Kamrath had the idea. And oh, Quan I remember and I went, this. I remember and this. And Bucky and I went. And you went to
2: different games Well, in the, state? the
1: way the calendar worked out, and it was this yeah. coming weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. We went to, we went to four games in two days, uh, or at least parts of four games. And because we had the private plane... We got to go to on one day on a Saturday. We flew to Houston in the morning and went to the U of H Oklahoma game. That was nice at at NRG Stadium. And then by got to see that into the third quarter, and then you know took the took the 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 driver service over to Hobby Airport, got back Mm -hmm. on the plane and flew to College Station. Oh yeah, where we watched UCLA quarterbacked by uh, Josh Rosen. I remember this play A and M. And it was a hot, blazing hot day. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. But we were on the sidelines for that and for again about three quarters. I saw I, I saw Miles Garrett hit Josh Rosen so hard one time coming off the edge, <laughs> it was brutal. I thought he was gonna quit football. <laughs> and based on his pro career probably should
2: have. Hey, no, he wouldn't have got that payday though.
1: Yeah, he got that payday. He got that payday. Yeah, but Miles Garrett <laughs> decked him. I got to mm. see it sideline view. So then we got back in the jet and flew up or plane and flew up to Dallas where USC was playing Alabama Ooh. that night.
2: Man, I'm worn out just, just yeah. listening to well, you talk the, about...
1: Well, the trip ended back here in Austin the night that Texas played Notre Dame oh, uh, man. with the swoops package, right? The oh, there. right, yeah, yeah. Eighteen Wheeler, baby. And so that's how the Labor Day weekend. So four games in two days. Ooh. We made a little uh, movie about it, the documentary kind of thing. Uh, it was really cool. It was that a fun really experience. Cool. And Quan Cosby was with me. And we, you know, it's nice to have a plane ride. It does. Hey, it is. It's nice. I, to have I that. wouldn't buy one. I'd rent one. But because <laughs> if it flies, floats, or you know what's, rent <laughs> it. Uh, but so we had a good time. But the point of the Roll Tide dust story is that as we were leaving Cowboy Stadium, AT and T Stadium, okay, USC and Alabama played, and it was built, And these are the big all time blue blood heavyweights, and Alabama beat them so badly, <laughs> like so badly, <laughs> like they stole some. Oh, it was a crushing. Yeah. And so we're walking out um, to uh, to be done for the day. It's been a long day, and we walk by these drunken. Backwards uh, Alabama fans. Nice ladies. Nice ladies. And I looked over at them and they gave me this glare. And and I go, hey, good game. And she looked at me in her drunken buzz and said, roll tide. Duh. (laughs) Roll tide. Duh. Duh. And I was like, amen, brother. Amen, sister. That's awesome. Uh, And she was like offended. She was offended that I said, good game. Hey, nice wow. game. Because like, I wouldn't root for either side. And she's like, uh, yeah. huh, "Roll tide, duh." She's like, "We well, don't we'll need your compliments. We're Alabama, Dad. You know who you're uh, talking
0: to." Yeah. Hey, those people last year were scared. I could see the fear in their eyes here. Oh yeah, yeah. same uh, people. They were like, "Oh, that's why oh. this game." So that's true. That's, that's a good right. point. They They're
1: probably good. were. And because uh, that's the thing, they were we, three
2: touchdown favorites, weren't they? Right. Something like that. Twenty yeah. points.
1: And I can say this: that Texas, look. Alabama fans will say, and it's it's accurate, that we lost two games last year on the last play of the game on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And they're a number 3 team in our countdown. But they also should have lost A&M. If A&M could have executed a red zone situation, they beat them. Uh, they couldn't. Uh, if, if Texas had had a couple of breaks or made a couple more plays, and Brian Watts make, mm. makes a tackle, yeah. Texas may have beat them. Oh, that
2: safety, that bad call. That yeah, the bad call. Yeah.
1: So, yes, they were... Uh, two plays away from being undefeated, but they're also a couple plays away from being a four-loss team, which has people questioning where Alabama is. We're going to find out, and the reason I didn't book an insider guest today, Rod, for, no, for being number three, is because we're going to talk about them deep dive oh, next week, no doubt. Uh, when Texas comes off the Rice game, and we'll have we'll save all of our our ammo Ooh. for the guests next week to get the four one one on Alabama. But what is your overall thought? Uh, is 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 the case that they're sliding? Held any water? or Are you concerned if you're an Alabama fan that you know Kirby Smart is taking control? Uh, and and the the run is is g- not going to be like it was. It's going sli- to slide a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's inevitable, right? I mean, yeah. you can only dominate uh, the 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 space for so long, and they've been dominating for almost a decade plus. And so, I think a, a slide, a regression, is expected. I actually think, you know, from all the different data points that I've gathered and the data points that have been pointed out by yourself and other people, I, I think, you know. Uh, a slide for Alabama would be three or four losses. But, I mean, to me, this this Alabama squad right now, they don't have that, that Bryce Young presence, that Will Anderson presence. That's somebody that can make up. They can make up for ground that you may be lacking in yeah. other areas. I mean, Bryce Young, you, you just said it. Bryce Young basically won that game at Texas last season. If he doesn't make that play uh, to keep the play alive and scramble out of the Ryan Watt sack, the game's over. And, and, and he did that like three times in that game. Remember the play where he keeps alive and throws to uh, Jameer Gibbs in the back of the end zone? Remember that play? I do. It was like, uh, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, he, you
2: he basically won that
1: game on three, four plays he made last season. Not Will Anderson. Will Anderson actually had a bad game. In his yeah, he bailed them out. You know what that game reminded me of having been there on on that that blazing hot day. What a crowd it was. What a scene. Remember we talk about our Houston Oilers when Joe Montana told Paul Hackett to stick it and he pretty much called the plays at the second half and mm-hmm. beat the Oilers? It felt to me like Bryce Young said, hey, Bill O'Brien, I'll take over. Yes. Your, your, your game plan has sucked. Texas has us figured out. You're not doing anything to fix it. Uh, so let me just go make plays, uh, and of that's course they started they attacking did. them. And, I, and O'Brien would tell you that we started attacking the middle of the field. They went and,
2: empty formation a lot more. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and then maybe that was O'Brien to say, look, we're going to go empty. You just go win this game, Bryce.
2: Basically, that's and, what
1: he did, and he did, <laughs> and he did. Not your point is they don't have that this year.
2: They don't have that, man. They need it too, because last year he made up for a lot of missteps and mistakes and miscalculations by that team. And they got a new offense, new defense. I, I see the regression. I do. Now, it's Alabama. They also so had a lot about
1: of penalties last year. They were, oh, they were yeah. not a disciplined team.
2: Yeah, I, I can see it. Now, does that mean they're just a 10-win team instead of a 12-win team? Probably. Um, but does that mean Texas can win one at Alabama in non-conference on the road? If Texas wins that game, in my opinion, it'll be because their quarterback outperforms the Bama quarterback and the Bama quarterback right now is a question mark. Could be Jalen Milrow, could be Ty Simpson, could be Tyler Buchner. I have Texas right now losing the game twenty eight to twenty six, only because I think Jalen Milrow is going to end up being the starting quarterback for them. And I think all of both of my losses this year for Texas, I got them at ten and two, are to dual threat quarterbacks, and they don't face a lot of them. They only face really two. They so face guess, Will Howard,
1: a, a Will Howard, and, and then I, they and face
2: Jalen Milrow. Donovan Smith at U of H could end up being that. But when you think about it, and I was talking to, to um, Bobby actually about this and Jerry Hamilton about this last night. You know, I, I remarked that Trey Lance for the Cowboys can help them immediately as an impact guy, providing the scout team looks to simulate the dual threat quarterbacks they'll play in practice. Sorry, they'll play in the games in practice, like Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones and Josh Allen. That's five games right there. And you need a quarterback that can simulate that dual threat element in practice so you can prepare for it. The Texas, the Texas Longhorns don't have that. They don't. Yeah, They don't get to see that. When they see when that defense sees a dual-threat quarterback in a game, it'll probably be the first true when they see whether he practice well, or a I, game. But I
1: would argue that the question is, is Jalen Milroe dual-threat yet? Can he throw? Can, Can he throw? Because he's got to be able to beat you with his arm, and That's he hasn't thrown that yet. That's true. Uh, and I do know this, and we're going to learn this more next week when we have yeah. our Alabama Insiders, and maybe we'll have some more clarity on the quarterback position. We do know this. That uh, to your point, now Tommy Reese has come in from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but he's going to use Nick Saban's playbook. Like this is that one of those deals? They're not you know blowing up the playbook that they had. Uh, they're going to keep it, and uh, Tommy Reese will run it. But it is expected to be a more run heavy. Yes, because Nick Saban hired this guy for a reason. He had a run heavy, uh, you know, mindset at Notre Dame. Uh, they don't have the other thing. They don't have Rod like like they did when when Steve Sarkisian was there is the weaponry on the outside. Receivers, baby. I mean, the, the, those game-breaking receivers, they've got good players. I mean, that's the whole thing. They just recruit great players. But they don't have Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell on this Mm-mm. team. Uh, and last year, gosh, without Jameer Gibbs? Jameer Gibbs was a – remember, he was a transfer. Yep. He came in from Georgia Gen Tech. Tech and yep. And he bailed them out of – even the Texas game bailed them out of a lot of situations. So I'm no be really interested to see who their, their best playmakers are. We also know this. On the defensive side, if there's there's Bryce Young on the offensive side, defense, it was – Will Anderson Jr., who leaves that program with thirty-four and a half sacks, rod fifty-eight and a half tackles for loss. Yeah, he
2: was a talk about a havoc-minded player. He was as disruptive a player (laughs) as Alabama's ever had. and a leader. Nick Saban said his best leader potentially on defense that he's ever
1: had. Now they still have uh, the top end corner Kool Aid McKinstry. He's a havoc player in the back end.
2: Yeah, but I think he can like a lot of corners. He can be had,
1: and he can only take one of your receivers, right? You can only you know lock him up. Well, you got Texas weaponry.
2: Yeah, and I think Texas. I know it's strange to say, last year, you can make the argument Texas had better wide receivers than Alabama did. Yeah. And you probably can make that case again. No, probably you can make that case again this year. Just getting back to what Kool-Aid McKintry sees every day in practice, it ain't the old Alabama squad when he was working against first-round wide receivers every day. Well, he ain't seeing that. Texas DBs actually get to see – Better talent than well that said. every week, and our receivers see. Uh, you know, they go. They go. I think they'll give Kool-Aid McKinstry all that he can handle. He's a good player, but like you said, they don't even have to target him. They can stay away from him. That's how many weapons Texas has.
1: Yeah, uh, and like, obviously it'll be a well-coached team. It'll be a, a talented team. Uh, but as you said, are they a thirteen or fourteen win team, or are they a 10-11-12 mm. win team?
2: It's not like a 10, 10 win team to me in Alabama. What's the last time Nick Saban just won ten games?
1: Well, we'll see. Uh, how many he win hey, last look who year? look it is. 11? Our buddy, our buddy Bruce from Vallejo. <laughs> The, the great man Vallejo. He's got also got a new project. He t- he texted. He's a big Alabama fan. Roll time.
2: Oh oh, roll damn time.
1: duh. <laughs> he said instead of having a few standouts, I think Alabama has more of a team thing going on this year. Everybody works together instead of relying on one or two hot shots. Okay, um, their defense should be elite. I've never seen. Uh, uh, Darley Nicky more. He's got something up his sleeve. Nick uh-huh. Saban, Darling Nicky, he called him.
2: That's true. He has been in a, a jovial mood lately at press conferences, and people can't figure out why because his quarterback situation isn't settled. So he should be anxious, but he's not. Some people believe that Alabama's about to go old school Alabama, hard-nosed defense as their identity, run game to control the game, and then quarterback manages the game.
1: Don't yeah, screw and it let's up. also remember Nick Saban. I mean, it's for you know, the number three t- team in the country. It's for more than just the Texas game, but we're going to dive into it big time next week. But uh, you know, S- Nick Saban knows a lot about Steve Sarkisian, and he yeah. knows he knows a lot of tendencies. So does Sark knows a lot about Nick Saban. That's uh, much like last year. It made it a one point game, and it was a nail biter, and it was one of the best games of the year in college football. It was marred by some bad penalty calls, but hey, or are non-penalty calls. But either way, Texas and Alabama, but Alabama number three uh, next week. You can anticipate. We'll talk to all of our Alabama insiders and get the four-one-one. Uh, because you know, at, at Ohio State yesterday, Ryan Day announced who the starting quarterback would be, but made it clear that both guys would play. Nick Saban hadn't announced that yet. He has yes. not said a word, and it's probably going to go to the first snap against Middle Tennessee State this weekend. And, uh, we'll get, and as you said, they're going to play all three quarterbacks this weekend.
2: If I I I would be shocked and flabbergasted if Nick Saban didn't play all three quarterbacks. And I'm not talking about play them all, you know, as the game goes on. I'm talking about initially, first quarter. You see all three quarterbacks in the first quarter at just one point, just, just, just to try to keep Texas. Basically trying to keep Texas from being able to single in and zero in on any one quarterback the game plan on. Now you got to waste all your practice time devoted to multiple quarterback preparation. And you're only going to see really one of those guys. Nick Saban knows who it is, but nobody else does.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, some of the cloak and dagger stuff leading into that game in two weeks. Number 3 in our countdown, Alabama. Obviously a lot more on them and where they stand next week as uh, Texas gears up to play them. We'll be back. When we do, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Rod's got some good stuff on Texas, as always. Also, um, a little more on the e-blast, and it's the fifth quarter, so you never know what's going to happen. The wheels can come off at any moment five hours into this show.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas. Sports, the horn.
1: I'm doing it right now. Fun fun. Fun times, fun times on a Wednesday. We're closing in on football season. That's a good thing. High school got it going last weekend. Too early, by the way. Too hot. But it did. Earliest start for the uh, high school football in the state of Texas in nearly 50 years. But uh, tomorrow on the show, for you Vandergriff Viper fans out there and high school football fans, we'll re- re-engage our weekly visit with Vanderb- Vandergriff Viper's head coach, Drew Sanders. Nice. Uh, Drew and his team will, like uh, that. walloped Dripping Springs in Game 1, down in Dripping 27-7. When You had Mark Henry texting the show. Uh, Mark Henry's son plays for Vandergriff
0: now. Mm-hmm.
1: And they were in the state title game a year ago, and they think they're pretty darn good this year. So we'll talk to Drew Sanders. Of course, we carry Vandergriff football here on The Horn on Friday nights. So look to talk
0: some football with Drew tomorrow. They, tomorrow. Has Vandergrift solidified itself as the number two program in Central Texas? Well, area? it's
1: going to be close. I mean, it's like Lake Travis,
0: Vandergrift, West, and Westlake. Westlake's
1: bold one. statement there, sir. And Lake Travis got a big win last week. They they played at Arlington,
0: or were they Arlington Homer, Martin? Or were they home or away? I'm not sure. They they play Arlington Martin almost every year, though. And it's Arlington good, Martin is game. a great program. Yeah, that's where DJ,
1: DJ Campbell, uh, the mm-hmm. Texas guard, came out of that program. There's great talent out of that program. Um they they beat them thirteen to six, and so it tells you their defense is pretty good uh, at Lake Travis. But yeah, Vandergrift. We'll learn more about them with Drew Sanders tomorrow. Uh, Westlake's got a kicker that can make sixty yard field goals, and they had a tough one last week
0: thirty one twenty one beating a team out of the Houston area. H Town, H Town, right. dub's, a dub. dubs wonder, a dub. I wonder what the goal board looked like after that one.
1: The goal board <laughs> we learned from Todd Dodge is awesome. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's going to be part of to our show tomorrow. Uh also tomorrow obviously dot rod will go deep on uh these these college football games because they start tomorrow night. There's a great slate oh, of Thursday night. Greats maybe over the over the skis, but really good slate of Thursday games because mm-hmm. this, this week doesn't you know, next Thursday there'll be NFL. There'll be the Lions and the Chiefs opening up the NFL season. But this week it's all college football and there's some good ones against including Florida and Utah.
2: That Florida Utah one, That's that's a sexy matchup. No Cameron rising for Utah. Um, that's at Utah, too, if I'm it not is. mistaken.
1: It is. It was you, at the swamp last year.
2: Yeah, Utah plays well at home, though. I mean, Utah, with or without Kevin Rising, you can expect them to still have kind of that physical brand, the physical style of football. And we'll see where Florida is. A lot of people think this is one of those make or break years for Florida that Billy Napier's got to show something. Well, and some how about uh,
1: progress? How about uh, that, that, you know, the Big Ten? You've got the debut of uh, Matt, Matt Rule. Yeah, I,
2: I'm a, I've i been a Matt big Ruhl Matt Rule fan. against
1: Minnesota, P.J. Yeah. Fleck and the gang. That'll be a Fox game tomorrow night with P.J. Fleck against Matt Rule, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Big one in the – because remember the Big Ten is going they – got, they got to come to some conference games early, including Ohio State and Indiana and that one.
2: I'm not even sure who's the starting quarterback in Nebraska because Casey Thompson left to go to, to be with Tom Herman.
1: Right? We'll learn more about those teams tomorrow. I think those are the only two Big 12 games that are a conference game to start the year. Everything else, Michigan plays East Carolina – Penn State's playing West Virginia, Indiana, Ohio State. Yeah, those two. Indiana, Ohio State, hmm. and then Nebraska, Minnesota. Okay, those are your two in the Big Ten. But uh, oh, Sunday, Labor Day, Northwestern. What an off season they've had. No, they're going to play Greg Schiano and Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, um,
2: Northwestern. Well, Man. and you can see the
1: Big Ten working there with their their TV partners, Rod, because it's all about TV partners. Uh, they've got nationally televised games to start the year. So Nebraska-Minnesota
0: Fox tomorrow night. The projected starting quarterback for Nebraska is Jeff Sims, who transferred from uh, Georgia Tech after three years. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that, time. There bedroom. you go. So they got Hard the Fox
1: to game tomorrow night, while ESPN will have the Florida-Utah game. And then Saturday they've got the Ohio State-Indiana game as the main window CBS game.
2: That's not pr- remember. That's... Remember,
1: CBS is taking over the Big Ten this year.
2: Yeah, that's that's not a great game to be the, in that window.
1: That two thirty CBS game. Nothing sexy about that. And then the night game. Yeah, Sunday at noon on CBS is Northwestern and Rutgers. That do anything for you? No, no, no not me either. No, sorry, not sorry, me. Big Ten. No, nah.
2: no. I need something a little bit more to um, wet the
1: palate. Wet. The palette because then mm-hmm. you get to Saturday, Ooh. and your TV marquee oh. games are TCU Colorado. I can't 11. wait to watch that.
2: Even that might end up being a blow. I think TCU is favored by what, 23 touchdowns, 21 and a half, 21 and a half, 20 still, and a half. I still, like I still can't wait to watch, watch it. Even Dion being blown out is entertaining, yeah,
1: it's, be, it's, yeah. it's hey, gonna be entertaining boy. somehow. Well, middle of the day, you've got uh Washington and Boise State, that could be a decent game, that and could actually be been a up good in game. Seattle, that's worth watching. Uh, um, and then of course. The game we like a lot is Houston and UTSA. Houston and UTSA, and
2: UTSA. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if UTSA comes out and puts it on U of H. Agreed, because they got it. You know, they return the quarterback again. Frank Harris coming for back of his sixth year, and Jeff Trailer. His team's just. They get better. They get better. Even when they lose talent, usually at that level of play, uh, where UTSA is playing, you lose a lot of NFL caliber talent, stuff, talent like that. It is just. Debilitating, you decimate your roster. Not now with Jeff Trailer. He's he's bringing in guys from that that San Antonio area because he wants to instill a lot of pride in that area, and he's developing a ton of talent. Hell, they gave Texas all they can handle when they came here to play Texas. And by the way, he was down like three starting offensive linemen in that game.
0: He can coach, man. He can and coach. He's still putting dudes in the league, too.
2: Yes, he is. man. I'm tell- I,
0: it, he can coach.
2: Yeah, U of H, better watch out because if he beats U of H really bad, those big money boosters and donors down there in Houston, was it Tillman Fertitta, one of them? He yep. probably will be there. They'll start looking at Jeff Trailer like, you know what, man? Why don't you just bring your formula right on here? To H-Town? That's one
0: of my uh, top five picks for the weekend, for the opening weekend. Uh, you right we got get UTSA, that UTSA minus one and a half. I I I That seems like
1: easy money to me too. Because yeah. UTSA, man, they be, they're impressive. They, they are. really are. They every are. Year. Hey, we got uh, what's popping before the top of the hour. What we're going to be popping on today and tonight, including some big baseball games. Uh, one other note: Baylor plays Texas State. That'll be worth watching because it's on ESPN Plus. But you get to see the debut uh, of. GJ Kenney and you get to see Baylor and then Texas Tech on CBS on Saturday nights playing Wyoming. So a, you common get to opponent see Tech. with Texas yeah, too. And so long Longhorns a, will see yeah. Wyoming in Week Three. That's a
2: good one to watch because you'll see how Tech handles them. And by the way, people are not going to uh, agree with this. Wyoming's defense is no pushover. Oh, they wow. actually have one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in that conference. Ooh. So they got a decent defense. I know. I Crazy like to say it. that. I they like got it. a pretty good defense. Well, can I say yeah. that
1: they, the Big Twelve's TV partners, Fox and CBS. Could we have flipped that? Could the Wyoming game with Tech be middle of the day? Because it's going to be like seventy five degrees in Laramie, Wyoming. And yeah. then the Texas game with Rice could have been a night game, maybe? Maybe. Hey,
2: Wyoming has a linebacker, Eastern Gibbs. Oh, name. He was the Mountain West defensive player of the year. And they also have another one, Shu Shusau- Suano. Suanoa. Um and he they they basically a linebacking crew is probably the best linebacking crew in that conference. I've been already doing Wyoming prep. I'm ready. For the damn season, let's go. Eastern what? Eastern Gibbs.
0: Gibbs. I love this.
2: Eastern probably, Gibbs. Probably from the name. Dutton Ranch. And or what's something. the other guy's
0: first name? Shoe? Huh? The other guy you mentioned? What was uh, his
2: yeah, Yeah, it's, 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 it's actually spelled S H O E, but then his last name is S U I A U N O A. So I think mm. he's like Samoan. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. But he's a beast. Well. To tell you, if he's Samoan. He's, he's
1: usually a beast. Hey, let's get to the uh, burn orange curtain time. Let's talk some Texas football in our uh, final chance here on in this program. Plenty tomorrow.
0: And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain?
2: All right, I know I'm a sick mofo because I watched three Rice games last night, and basically um, I'm a masochist. (laughs) Uh, I don't mind. I watched that USC game, uh, start of the 2022 season. I watched the Louisiana Tech game, and I also watched that, uh, that bowl game against Southern Miss. And I get, I come away thinking to myself that Rice is going to try to throw the ball more than you think early on, not vertically downfield because they just don't have the resources and the personnel to do it. But they can complete quick game, which are hitches and slants and quick outs, screen game, uh, bootlegs, rollouts and waggles to try to move the pocket away from the pass rush, uh, RPO game. Tui Sopo said the reason he was brought in was to, quote, deeper uh, a, a deeper exploration of the RPO concept for Rice, so they want to run more of that with the highest rated signee in the history of the Rice program, JT Daniels. I think they're going to come out early on and try to take Texas by surprise by throwing the football a little bit, and by the way, that matches up with Texas' weakness last year, 90th and 100th in pass defense and completion percentage allowed, and last year, the Rice passing game was 65th in the country. actually had their best passing offense since 2008, and that was without JT Daniels and the upgraded quarterback. So I think he's going to throw it a little bit early on. They could try to run it against Texas. They got no shot at running the football against Texas. They could try. They they lined up against USC in 22 personnel at times, at 23 personnel sometimes just to try to pound the rock. They could do that, E. But to me, that would be them waving the right flag against Texas. And I think early on, he wants. uh, I think uh, Mike Blooming wants to inspire his players a little bit. Try to get them excited about playing against Texas, compete against Texas. So early on, I'm talking about first quarter. I wouldn't doubt if Rice is throwing the ball more than you think, because they did it against USC more than I thought they would do. They did it. They threw the ball more against uh, Southern Miss than I thought they would throw it against Southern Miss. And you're gonna look at it. I went and looked at the Southern Miss game. They threw it 39 times. Uh, I went and looked at the UTEP game. They threw it 31 times. Uh, we'll go back and look at that, that UTS game. Now, UTSA couldn't run the ball for to save their lives, so they would just dominate on the ground. But they threw it 42 times. I think they're going to throw it early on more than you think. And Luke McCaffrey is his favorite I like target. That. Uh, he, well, Luke remember, McCaffrey. Bloomberg
1: came in from the, the David Shaw program at Stanford. Yes, and so I think you're going to see that the basic, you know, in their, their conference games and other games, they'll probably like to be a little more of a power team. But I think you're right. Against Texas, Yeah, that's please. barking up a, a bad tree. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, his ma- but so, yeah, you have to find your matchups. And, uh, you know, JT Daniels is a veteran quarterback who's seen a lot of different defensive schemes. He's played Texas a couple of times. in In DKR yeah. twice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's going to be your best chance to move the football early. And maybe that can loosen up some run game for you. That's,
2: uh, yep. That's kind of what I think too. Yeah. I think they'll use a pass to open up the run. Like I said, not vertically deep downfield. They they can't do that. That just that's more high risk yeah, they than reward. Dink and dunk it. They want to they want they want to keep they want to keep the ball Away, play Keep away from Texas. Long drives. What did, what did UTSA do against Texas Same that thing, first half? Yeah. Remember that E? Texas barely saw the damn football in the first half. Well, they and looked as you up. pointed
1: out in, ro- in a Rod's <laughs> rant earlier this week, the, the games are going to be shorter. Yes, they will be. Because the uh, the, the new, new rule, the clock does not stop after every first down. It mm-hmm. only stops inside of two minutes on a first down, which games the last weekend were shorter. Uh, and so possessions per team go down. So, yeah, if you're, if you're an underdog in a big way like Rice, obviously your your plan would be to give Texas fewer possessions by keeping it yourself.
2: Uh, he's also, Luke McCaffrey is really good at working the middle of the field. We're talking about in between the numbers. This is important to keep in mind because last year, one of the places that Texas defense was vulnerable was in between the numbers. Remember, K-State, if you looked at 0- to 19-yard throws in between the numbers, they had an 80% completion percentage. Iowa State, same criteria, 88% completion percentage. Texas Tech, same criteria, 84%. completion percentage. Where you wanted to attack Texas was in between the numbers from 0 to 19 yards. That was the sweet spot. And I think uh, Rice is really good at working that sweet spot. As a matter of fact, their best player, Luke McCaffrey, that's the only place he works is the middle of the field in between the numbers. Pro football focus grades for him when he's targeted in between the numbers, 92, 91, and 90. Wow. Uh, We talk about short, intermediate and deep. So watch him in that short, intermediate area where Texas is really weak. Also, they're going to use a lot of bunch formations and empty formations. Uh, Just in the games I've watched, I've seen a ton of empty formation. Texas struggled last year versus empty formation, not against really good teams like UTSA and Bama, but Bama, uh, K-State averaged 12.7 yards per attempt. Uh, out of empty. Bama was at 7.6. UTSA was at 9.2. Uh, that's something to watch. They're going to run empty and also they're going to run a lot of bunch formations. Compressed condensed sets. Compressed and condensed sets is when the wide receivers are close to the line of scrimmage and the uh, the bunch formations are clusters of wide receivers together. They do this so they can avoid uh, having the, the wide receivers rerouted. So they want to disallow uh, DBs to reroute their wide receivers so now DBs are forced to read and react instead of reroute. This is also something e, that that Texas had issues with last season. You look at completion percentage when targeting bunch formation, Bama, 80-plus percent. Iowa State, 80-plus percent. Texas Tech, 70-plus percent. That is an issue they had last season, too, and I guarantee you Rice saw the same
1: film that I did. Yeah. This guy says, Jeff Traylor at Texas A&M would be a problem for Texas in the future. Please hire him, Houston. <laughs>
0: Please hire him. Oh, that's Houston. CB.
1: And CB, you're right. Yeah, I like, agree with you, CB. You'd like to keep, yeah, you'd like to keep uh, Jimbo Fisher right where he is. He's going to be a
2: problem at Houston because think about it. so much talent in H-Town. Behind DFW and Atl- the Atlanta metro area and maybe the Miami-Dade area, the Houston Metroplex is probably still in the top six or seven best Metroplexes for producing NFL talent in the country.
1: Which is why... <laughs> Uh, Dana Holgerson's on a bit of a hot seat because yeah, should, uh, Jeff Traylor has built that program mostly San Antonio on San Antonio talent, talent yeah. which isn't Houston talent. <laughs> yeah, don't give him that. But, but you see the comment this week from Dana Holgerson when asked about Texas and Texas A&M leaving the Big 12 and Uh-oh. joining the SEC, he said, Screw them! <laughs> They can go wherever they want. They don't want us. We don't want them.
2: I do like Dana No, what, what do you think of him as a coach or not? Screw them.
1: Well, you know, it, it, Jeff Traylor in that matchup on Saturday might be trying out for a job he could have. Eventually. Yes, I think you're right, brother. And Texas
0: fans would just assume he'd take that job. I think Jeff Traylor has his eyes set a little bit higher in Houston. I know. Oh, he I know might. He i know
2: agree with you. I think he he does. I well, think that he, would be
0: a and M or Texas.
2: He might think it's a sideways step for him. You're like, you know what? I'm doing what I could be doing mm-hmm. in Houston right now in San Antonio. Why would I do it? But well, that Houston talent, what he could do with Houston talent
1: now in the Big Twelve. Ooh, now in the Big Twelve. Yeah, watch out. Uh, watch Tillman out. Tillman Fertitta's deep pockets. Oh, a uh, sugar daddy, sugar daddy uh, like oh, that. Man, yes, sir. Yep. Hey, we'll be back. Kind of like, uh, you know. Phil Knight at, o- at Oregon. At Oregon, mm-hmm. exactly. You need a sugar um,
2: daddy. Mike Gundy had one for a long time and was killing it. But now Mike Gundy doesn't have his sugar daddy anymore and he doesn't like NIH. Sugar NIL, daddy so. died. Sugar daddy died. We'll come mm-hmm.
1: back. What's poppin'? Because Petrie. What's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like What's poppin'? What's poppin'? I'm waiting to see what pops on Colt McCoy. Is he going to land in New England? You know, New England, as of yesterday's waiver deadline uh, to get to 53, had one quarterback on their roster. Just one. That's Mac Jones. They don't have a backup. They don't have a third stringer.
2: That's wild, man. You're talking about a team that's drafted 14 quarterbacks since,
1: like, 1998, <laughs> so they don't have one. And now they, they only got one on the roster? Yeah, they say goodbye to Bailey Zappy, the pride of Victoria, Texas.
2: I thought they liked him.
1: Well, I wonder if it's thought, one of those roster navigation moves where they bring put him. In, on practice They said if he clears waivers or bring him back. Yeah, For release him squad? to bring him back. And okay. uh, they like Bailey Zappi, but they, you know, it's, it's all Bill Belichick and roster construction. They, they
2: like Zappi. I know. I've read too much about how much they like Zappi. So, yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't bring well, him back. Well, you wonder if he gets capacity. picked
0: up
1: and then they're kind of. Maybe somebody else likes
0: him, yeah. too. Earlier last year when I was collecting football cards, I got a, I know a. Bailey Zappi signed rookie card and I nice. sold it for seven hundred dollars. Ooh. The value what? on that has definitely zapped. And
2: where did he go to college? Is it what?
0: he went to West, Western West Kentucky? Western Kentucky. Yeah. But
2: he's from
1: is Victoria. He? The Victoria East. Yeah.
2: And was that Zach Kidley up there? Who was that? Who was that with his office? I think it was Zach Kittley. When he I was think there. it was Kittley, right? I think it was. I'll go check it out. Yeah, I think Zach Kittley was, Kittley
1: was the OC when he was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, that because well, remember Zach Kittley then. was at uh, Houston Baptist, mm-hmm. or oh, just I mean, just
2: lighting teams up too. Right, kind of like
1: kind of like GJ Kinney was, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, he went to Western Kentucky, and that's where you know Bailey Zappi put up all the numbers, and now he's with the Patriots. But we'll see if he gets back. Uh, Will Greer, who the Cowboys released to make the trade for Trey Lance, he's gonna get on somewhere. Uh, he signed with the Bengals.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't take long. Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, he looked too good. He, he just he wouldn't. just looked too good in the preseason, and he's been trending the right way. It's not like he's been inconsistent and regressing. No, his, most of his career, he's been kind of trending to be a reliable, back serviceable backup.
1: All right, also, uh, Rod, what's popping for you today and tonight, my friend?
2: Uh man, film is popping for me. More I'm, gonna film?
1: Go, I'm gonna go on my way. I gotta watch the Rice
2: defense. I'm gonna go watch the Rice defense. i focused on the offense. I'm gonna focus on the defense a little bit. Um, speaking of uh good friends at Owen Texas, me and my man Ian Boyd, who's a fellow football theorist. We're probably gonna record our football theory uh game plan breakdown uh, today, too, for Texas and Rice. Probably do that. And I believe we got a live stream coming up later on tonight. Features e Hogan's yeah. gonna be a part of it, baby. Yeah. Live stream on Owen Texas football. E Hogan's gonna be a part of it myself. Uh Jeremy Hamilton, it's going to be a all things oh, Texas, yeah, yeah, all things Texas football, wall to wall, baby. Well, and
1: that's what that'll be, and that's what we're excited about. Uh, we had Bobby Burton earlier this morning on his birthday, by the way. Happy yeah, birthday, happy Bobby! B-day, He's popping. Uh, and you know, I'm going to be. We announced, and I know inside Texas, and Bobby did announced it earlier in the week. But I've agreed that during games for Texas football games all season long, I'll do my part on the pregame with you, Rod, for a couple of hours here on the horn before mm-hmm. each game. But during the game, I'm going to be uh, in my home studio. Watching the game with Inside Texas uh, you know fans and Texas Longhorn fans on their YouTube channel. It's called On Texas Football. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do essentially the Manning cast. That's going to mm-hmm. be me and then rotating people in like yourself, uh, Bobby Burton, Jerry Hamilton, uh, you know, Jeff Wells, all the insiders there at Inside Texas. I'm watching the game with you. So while you watch the game, you fire up your laptop uh, on the YouTube channel. We'll be interacting. You can ask questions. You can comment and uh, we'll have fun and uh, you know having done that with you during covid yeah
2: we did me you and bk it was, it was fun. fun yeah
1: and uh, it's really there's a lot of downtime in a football game obviously where you can chat and talk about things and strategies and boy I remember doing the show with you and that was the uh that was the crazy Oklahoma game that went three overtimes of memory serves oh you're right that was the game in which Bijan Robinson against Texas Tech we thought he was paralyzed cuz he Oh, his neck went backwards. He
2: broke his neck and, and so he just you, jogged off the field like so an alien. Yeah, we
1: were just sitting there talking <laughs> to our listeners, like, what the heck? How did he get up from that? He's the Matrix. <laughs> and then that's, we didn't hardly know B. John Robinson at that point. We do now mm-hmm. that he's not human. Yeah. Um, but we knew right then. So I'll be popping on that tonight. So tonight, uh, my first chance to be a part of one of the live streams on their YouTube channel called On Texas Football. Fire it up at 7 o'clock tonight. I love it. Provided I can work the equipment properly, Rod. Uh, you'll
2: figure that out. That's des, not des, a big des, deal. Des. Is this working? It's a, it, once this you get, on? it, once you get on? into it, it's all fun because it's just a community of Longhorn fans <laughs> <laughs> and, talking, interacting. And, uh, and that's you'll the best be on part there today
1: it. recording yep. with Ian Boyd. I'll be on there tonight with you and Jerry. And remember, during the game, all game long. Four quarters, halftime, the whole bit. We'll be talking Texas football in real time, like the like the Manning Bros do. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing that tonight. And remember, if you want to watch that during, you don't even have to be a subscriber to inside Texas to watch Mm-mm. the YouTube channel. So we
2: suggest you do subscribe, but you don't have yeah, to.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully you learn <laughs> a lot from their insiders, and yeah. you want to subscribe. That would Damn be a goal. But uh, we expect to have a large audience for that every single week, whether long because only you know. Hundred thousand will be at the stadium, but millions will be watching that game. That are well, Longhorn fans.
2: And yeah, so I mean, we talk about the the Horn app all the time, and we get people hitting us up from all over the world. As a matter of fact, this morning we had somebody hit us up from a very exotic place, and I can't even remember where yeah, where it's from.
1: Budapest right? or something. It was
2: that. Yeah, it was right. We got to go find that. I was, like, I was like, whoa, that's wild. Uh, but yeah, same thing with the Longhorn community. You got you know thousands of Longhorn fans all over the world, and they want to be a part of the community. They want to socialize with Longhorn fans yeah. on game days. That's right. And this is another way for you to do it. You can watch the game, hang out. You know. Hogan Hogan and Friends. There's going to be E and Friends around there. And then everybody's just a community of Longwood fans talking about Texas football and the brand. Texas football
1: YouTube. Also on our YouTube page, that's uh, the Horn Austin. So you've got that so you can watch our show and pay attention. All right, Astros, Red Sox this afternoon as well. Astros, Red Sox. you got Oakland and Seattle uh, this afternoon too. Those are both day games. Rangers play tonight. Uh, They're going to play the New York Mets at 540 uh, our time. And yeah, right now, with 30 games to play, essentially, it's a flat-footed tie atop the American League West. uh, Three-way tie with a sprint to the finish line. Ty, do you have a pick for tonight? Last night, you got the first two
0: legs of the parlay. Well, you made me do the parlay. I made you do the parlay. But (laughs) but you got to rescind
1: it because George Kirby, the ace pitcher, didn't start. That's why
0: I gave that to you. Yes, exactly. Uh, Tonight, we're going with the Tigers against uh, the Yankees. Eric Cole's on the mound. You're fading the Yankees. That's pretty easy money these days. (laughs)
1: <laughs> with <laughs> Garrett Cole true. on the mound against uh, Wentz, he's not the same. Garrett Cole, eleven and four against two and ten. Well, I mean, Garrett Cole's eleven and four with a two nine five oh, ERA. Man. It's not like he's been terrible this year. Yeah, that team's been terrible. The bats have been terrible is a big thing. For that's me. right. Uh, they're the <laughs> guy. I need won, one run. Let's uh, go
0: Tigers.
1: Joey Wentz for the Tigers draw, uh, tie is two and ten on the year. That's all right. Struggling. It's a red That's About why. That's why it's an outsider pick. That's why it's off the nose. That's why it's the uh, it's the Sex Panther pick of the night. 60% of the time, or maybe less, it works all the time. <laughs> Rod, have a great uh, Wednesday, you, my friend. Tomorrow to be one day closer. We'll be talking football on a Thursday. Uh missed any part of today's show, including Bobby Burton, our talk on Alabama, all the Texas talk, and the Cowboys is podcast at hornfm.com. Ty says, take the Tigers.